Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Why are you troubled? Why do questions arise in your hearts? These questions that Jesus is asking the apostles and the other disciples who were there gathered in the upper room. And he's asking a question that, as he always does, he knows the answer to. They are troubled and questions are arising in their hearts because they were following Jesus they come to the point to where they were convicted that Christ was the Messiah. He was the anointed one sent by God going to, to save the world, to redeem Israel, to restore Israel. And he had been crucified and was buried. And so they were afraid, confused, asking themselves questions like, did everything we believe about him, about ourselves, was this wrong? Were we misunderstood? Just fear. They were worried about their own life. They were thinking about, like, if I survive this and get out of this and I go back home and my family and friends tell me, like, we told you you were fools for following him. We told you you were fools but something within them holding on to hope, something within them could not, they could not let go of, and so they were waiting in the upper room. And then you had Mary Magdalene who had returned, who had, the, the tomb was, in, was, was empty, and then, and then on that journey back, she encountered Christ, and Peter and, and John had gone and seen the empty tomb, and then there were these two disciples leaving, right? They were so taken back by what had happened and so confused and so afraid that they're, they, don't, they don't even know where they're going. They just know they're leaving. They're just leaving. And then in that place, Jesus met them. That's this first line. The two disciples were accounted what had happened to them. Like they, Jesus just met them right where they were as they were walking away. And, they're, and they asked him, like, man, you, you don't know what happened. And they don't recognize it's him but begins to speak to them about the scriptures. It says it begins to open up the scriptures to them. And so at that moment, they say, stay with us. Like, 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 don't keep going. They still don't recognize Jesus, but they say, stay with us. And he stays with them. And then he celebrates mass, right? They, he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread, the manifestation of his presence in the Eucharist. And they know, oh my gosh, it is the Lord. He is alive. And so in that revelation of seeing Christ resurrected after he had opened the scriptures to them, then they return back. And so then they meet the others who were still afraid, still confused, still wondering what has happened in the upper room. And as they're telling this story, like the Lord appeared to us, we didn't know it was him, we're just caught in this confusion. He starts breaking open the scriptures, and then it was there, it was there in the Eucharist that like, oh my gosh, we saw it was him, and there was light shined in the darkness of our minds and hearts. 
And at that moment, that's when Jesus, this is today's gospel, that's when Jesus enters into the upper room and he's asking, like, why do questions arise in your hearts? Well, I mean, maybe, Lord, because, you know, we weren't the two guys on the road to Emmaus. <laughs> you answered all their questions, uh, we still have them. And then he says he begins to show them his hands and his side. Why does he show them his hands and his side? Because the main thing that was causing the trouble was the crucifixion and his death and everything surrounding it. The fact that he had died, the fact that they were, confu they were confused about it, they were fearful of their potential own death, that maybe Jesus wasn't really the Messiah, maybe they misunderstood. And so he's saying, yeah, the cross and my death, it happened. It happened. What I want you to know is that it has not had the final say. Death does not have the final say. So look, see, touch. This tangible reality of him who has risen from the dead. And then he's like, give me some food. Like, you want to know I'm not a ghost. This is me, body and flesh, resurrected body, but body and flesh who has conquered sin and death. And then he begins, it says, he opened the scriptures for them. The same thing that had happened to the disciples on the leaving, leaving Jerusalem on the way to Emmaus, he opened the scriptures to them. And what specifically did he help them understand? He says, that thus the Christ would have to suffer, rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name. He spoke to them about the reality of his suffering. The what St. Paul said that the cross is a stumbling block for the Jews and it is folly for the Gentiles. For the Jewish people, God is omnipotent. God is their, like the God of, of the entire world, the creator, the redeemer. He cannot suffer. And so for, for the the Christ to suffer on the cross is just a stumbling block. Like, it's a stumbling block. Like, this suffering is causing me to question my faith in Jesus as God for the Jewish people. Like, how can you tell me to believe in this Messiah who died, who suffered? I cannot get my head around it for a Jewish person. It says, and then for the Greeks, the Greeks, they were approached things philosophically, like if God is omnipotent and cannot, uh, cannot suffer, then it doesn't make sense. It is folly, it is foolishness to say that God can suffer and die, which in his human nature, I mean in his divine nature, is true. God cannot experience suffering in his divine nature. And that's part of why the incarnation, Christ had a human mind and human heart to experience suffering as a human. But St. Paul continues this. 
He says, while the cross is a stumbling block for the Jews and it is folly for the Gentiles, for us, for us, it is the power and the wisdom of God. The power and the wisdom of God. But you know what? When we're in suffering, it doesn't feel like power or wisdom at all. It can feel like the stumbling block and foolishness. And so what the Lord wants to invite us to is to look at his hands and to look at his side and to be drawn into prayer that he will open up the scriptures for us. That suffering is something that in the mystery of God's redemptive plan that he passes through, that he passes through and uses for our salvation and sanctification and that he invites us as part of his body to suffer with him at times for our own sanctification and redemption with Christ. And that ultimately, as St. Paul very clearly said, he prayed, right? He prayed, Lord, like this stone in my side, take it, take it. He prayed it three times and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is brought to perfection in weakness. And he said, the the grace of this, like knowing that he, he had this experience that if the Lord would have taken away all of the suffering in my life, then I would have become so prideful and forgetful of the Lord and like run headlong into eternal separation from him. But is this experience of suffering that places me on my knees before the Lord allows me to recognize my humanity not as a punishment but as an invitation to receive God as my savior. Loving me in a unique way. In a mysterious way sometimes. And that he draws us, draws us into his heart. And this invitation into the pierced heart of Jesus, as Thomas who struggled to believe, put his finger in the side of Christ, that it was entering into Jesus' suffering with faith, inviting him into Thomas's own suffering, that Thomas was able to make the most accurate statement of who Jesus was in all of the gospels, my Lord and my God. So in today's gospel, Jesus can ask us the same question in our suffering. Why do questions arise in your hearts? And be honest with him. Well, well, Lord, you kind of got your butt kicked And you died. (laughs) And the cross feels like a stumbling block and and folly to me. And then Jesus shows them, shows us his hands and his side. See. See my victory. And then he wants to open the scriptures for us. To open our minds, to understand them. 
piercing this mystery as suffering united to Christ becomes victory. Victory over sin and death that ultimately, ultimately is about heaven. No matter how things end up on this side of heaven, which the Lord is very concerned about for us, but the the healing and the restoring on a tangible, practical, physical level for us of our problems are only what will lead us to salvation, if if it will lead us to salvation. And if the Lord is walking with us in the midst of suffering, then in that place we have to trust him that this too is for our own salvation and the sanctification of the world. And so we, with like Jesus on the cross, in the midst of tears, in the midst of crying out to the Father, say, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Into your hands I commend my spirit. And sometimes in those moments we are lifted up and the clouds part and it's miraculous. And sometimes like Jesus, we die. But when we die in the arms of the Father, spiritually, physically, emotionally, we are raised up with Christ. We are raised up with him. And our wounds become glorious. Fountains of mercy. While they were still incredulous and were amazed, he asked them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of baked fish and he took it and ate it in front of them. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. And you, you were witnesses of these things. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.